Welcome to Together for Salem. We are here at Joryville Park. This is Monica, I'm Liz, and we are excited to host you today. I'm so glad you're here. If you're here for the first time, maybe you've been watching us for a while, but you've never let us know, make sure you head over to the website, fill out the welcome form. We'll send you a free e-gift card just for saying hello. It's also a great place to ask a question. Maybe you've got a question about Jesus or God or the Bible or life. Um, you can also request a Bible. If you need a Bible to read, we'll send you one of those. Um, but it's a great Pretty place awesome. to do that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Oh. Um, all right. All right. I guess we're ready for episode five of Let's Be Real. Here you are. Unprecedented. Are you sick of that word yet? We are living in unprecedented times. Makes you almost wish for precedented times. And we, it, I mean, it really is unprecedented. I mean, not in the history of humanity. There's been these types of times before. If you think of the plague or the civil war, every time is unprecedented if you think about it. But for our lives and our situation, this kind of is a time of the most sudden, comprehensive change we've experienced. But times like this can be an opportunity. See, unprecedented times create an unprecedented opportunity to grow unprecedented faith. And even before this crazy year of 2020, we've, we've, you've probably seen this interesting phenomenon happen. There's uh, pivotal, life-changing circumstances that happen either, maybe you've had it in your life, or you've seen it happen in someone else's life. It could be good, could be bad. And when those pivotal moments happen, one of two things happens to our faith. It either grows or it weakens. See, defining moments can either grow or weaken our faith. Defining moments can either grow or weaken our faith. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you've had one of those experiences, those life-changing pivotal moments where it completely changed your faith, whether for growing it or weakening it. So what's the difference? See, how can, how can one event, the same event, grow somebody's faith and the same event weaken somebody's faith? The answer, how we interpret those events, interpretation. See, how we interpret events determines whether they grow or weaken our faith. How we interpret events determines whether they grow or weaken our faith. And so in this series of how to grow our faith, how, five things God uses to grow our faith. Let's be real and really grow our faith. We've seen that there's some things we can choose to do and specifically do to grow our faith. Now, there's some things that we can't control, like big life-changing moments. We can't control when those are going to happen, how they're going to happen, in what way they're going to happen. But we can control how we view those events. We can control how we interpret those events. We can, we can control our perspective of them. And so how do we make that choice? How do we make that choice to use these life-changing moments, these unprecedented times, to grow our faith and not weaken our faith? Well, the answer is actually in one of probably the most famous scriptures, one of the most famous parts of the Jewish scriptures in uh, what we call the book of Psalms. It was written 3,000 years ago. This passage was written almost 3,000 years ago by one of the most famous murderers in history, King David, right? King David who killed Goliath, who was a, a nobody, and then God chose him to, to lead Israel, and he became one of the greatest kings of Israel. And then he, he ruined it all. 
and, and his family was a mess and his, his nation fell apart because of his choices. And so if you've ever felt, you know, with all the things I've done, all the people I've hurt, God could never love me. Well, David knew what that was like. He knew he didn't deserve God's love and forgiveness, but he learned this. See, he learned God's love and care for us is not dependent on us or what happens to us. Think about that. It's so different than what many of us think. God's love for us is not dependent on us, on anything we do, say, or think. And it's not dependent on what happens to us. Events don't change God's love for us. And so this passage really is a key passage to creating the perspective that allows events, unprecedented events, to grow our faith. And this first line in this song, that's what this is, is a song. The first line of the song is really the cornerstone of everything that we're going to talk about today. So check this out. The Lord, maybe you've heard this before. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. That's worth memorizing. That's worth tattooing on your forehead. See, here's the key question. When life happens, whether good or bad, but when life happens, how do you choose to view God? Because it is a choice. When life happens, how do you choose to view God? And in the middle of unprecedented events, of life-changing events, of in pivotal circumstances, we usually have about three options in how we view God. We can view him as cruel, uninterested, or, like David said, as a shepherd. A lot of people view God as cruel. When something happens to them, usually something negative happens to them, they'll say, God, you're in charge, so you made, you made this happen to me. You made this horrible thing happen in my life. You could have stopped it, and you didn't. See, many people, and maybe you're here, and that's, I totally understand. Maybe you're angry with God because you assume he allowed difficult things to happen to you, and it's his fault. I totally get that. Another view is he's uninterested. Either he doesn't exist... Or he just doesn't care about me. And that's why this happened. I've, I've sinned too much. He just doesn't care. You know, I've, I've lost his blessing. And he's uninterested in my life. He's just distant. Maybe he got the world spinning, but he doesn't care about me. I understand those perspectives. I get it. But there is a third perspective. And it's, it's the one Jesus explained. It's the perspective Jesus exemplified when he lived here on earth. And it's the view that God is a shepherd. See, Jesus never said, you know, faith would make all the problems that have plagued humankind for all of our history just magically disappear for those who have faith in him. You know, those, those terrible things would just skip over them because they trusted Jesus. He never said that. In fact, he said the opposite. He told his closest followers, you will have trials and sorrows. But... He also said, I, Jesus, I myself, Jesus, am the good shepherd. He's kind of claiming this passage in a way. See, shepherds are devoted to their sheep, especially in those days. They lived with their sheep. They slept with their sheep. That was their livelihood was sheep. They were devoted to their sheep. They, they would feed their sheep. They would care for their sheep. They would guide their sheep, sometimes to places the sheep didn't want to go. Dangerous rivers. Uh, they would make them leave comfortable fields for new fields 
They'd make them do difficult things that they didn't want to do, but the shepherd knew was good for them. That would help them grow and be healthy. They would make them walk through dangerous places where wolves were in order to get home. But think about it. That line, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all I need. You see how that perspective kind of changes things? When you view God as your shepherd, it means you have all you see. If Jesus really is our shepherd, then we can trust that we really have all we need. If Jesus really is our shepherd, then we can trust that we really have all we need. So really the question is, is he your shepherd? See, we can choose to see God as cruel. And when we do that, when we choose, it's a choice. When we choose to see God as cruel, we can carry this anger and resentment throughout our lives. And it, and it can affect our lives and our relationships. We can choose to see God as uncaring or even non-existent. But when that happens, we often struggle with a, a lack of hope, a lack of meaning when difficulties or when stress comes into our life. because we don't, we don't see the point in any of it. But when we choose to see God as our loving and caring shepherd, it changes how we view all of life's events, whether they're good or bad. And we learn to trust him. We learn that we can depend on him in every circumstance. And so the passage goes on. He, the shepherd, lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. See, when we see God as our shepherd, this type of shepherd, we see that, as Jesus' little brother said, that whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father. Everything good we have is from our good shepherd. See, good events can, good pivotal, uh, life-changing events can shape our faith. They can see that we can use them. We can look back and say, look what God has done for me. Look how God has cared for me so far. I, he, he obviously cares for me. I can trust him. Is he your shepherd? See, that perspective also allows us to grow in hard times because there's something, something interesting about sheep. See, they're pretty helpless. They don't have sharp fangs or sharp claws or a tail with a spikes and a club and whatnot. They're pretty helpless and they need guidance. They need protection from a shepherd. And so David goes on. He says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. See, what Jesus said was this. You will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. He also said, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. See, even in the worst of times with this view, this perspective of God being our shepherd, even when the worst circumstances happen, we can have peace and confidence because our shepherd is with us. So does an all-loving all-powerful, all-knowing God allow bad things to happen to a sheep? Yeah. But it's not because he's mad at us. And it's not because he's abandoned us. And honestly, I don't know why all the bad things happen to good people, people who we th feel like don't deserve it. But I do know he uses these major events 
to show us he is always with us, to show us he can be trusted, to lead us through them. And he promises he will use them for unimaginable good. See, God uses difficult situations to show us we can trust him. So is he your shepherd? See, this perspective also allows us to focus on what he has given us even in the middle of unprecedented times. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. He says, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me. Surely. He's not, you know, that's not another name for God. Don't call me Shirley. But he's saying, surely, like, certainly, truly, <clears throat> I know this. I am making the choice to trust that I know this. Surely, you will pursue me. Because of everything you have led me through, the good and the bad, I choose to trust. I know your goodness, your unfailing love, unfailing love that doesn't fail. See, God, we can't do anything to make God love us less. I know, I am surely certain that your unfailing love will pursue me, will chase after me, will run after me all the days of my life. The picture I get is when my kids say, chase me, daddy, chase me. And I, I try to run as fast as I can to get them. And that's the, that's the idea I get of his love pursuing us. He will never stop chasing us. He will never stop running after us with his never giving up, never ending always taking the first step, love. See, every unprecedented time is an opportunity to see God's unprecedented love pursuing us. Every unprecedented time is an opportunity to see God's unprecedented love pursuing us. Is he your shepherd? God doesn't keep us from difficult, painful situations. So we need to choose how we interpret those events. Are they the result of a cruel, uninterested, non-existent deity? Or are they opportunities to see the love, the care of a real God in the middle of real life? And so, how do we do this? Good question. How do we allow unprecedented times to grow our faith? I have two ideas. The first one is this. Question God. What? John, you're telling me to question God? Yes, but there's a, there's a catch. See, the questions we ask determine the perspectives we have. The questions we ask determine the perspectives we have. And so we need to learn to ask the right questions, especially during unprecedented times, during difficult situations. See, we can ask why me? Why does everything always happen to me? When am I going to get a break? What did I do to deserve this? Why don't you care, God? Or we can ask, God, show me, please show me you are with me in this. What are you showing me? What are you preparing me for? Or what are you saving me from that I thought I wanted, but in the end I won't want? What are you saving me from? So we need to learn to ask the right questions of God. And then, as we said in the last episode, we need to walk with others. 
We need to walk with others. We need to surround ourselves with people who can help properly interpret what's happening. Somebody, people who are with you in those situations. People who can point you to the truth of God's unfailing, pursuing love. Because the people we walk with tend to shape our perspective. The people we walk with tend to shape our perspective. Think about when you watched a movie. Uh, You loved this movie, maybe the first time you saw it. And then you watched it with somebody who just didn't really care. And they didn't laugh at the right parts or cry at the right parts. I don't know why you watch movies that make you cry. I don't see the point. But they didn't laugh at the right parts. And you're like, oh, I guess this movie's not as funny. Or (laughs) you judge them for their sense of humor. But you, you watch a movie, you didn't like it, and then you watch it with somebody else who loved it, and then they loved it. Or, even better yet, if you're on a trip or a journey, or you're working some type of work, the people you're with kind of change your perspective of that, right? If you're on a trip with somebody who's constantly complaining, pointing out the bad things, pointing about the weather and and the bugs and whatever else there is, that kind of ruins the trip, right? But on the flip side, if you're with somebody who's pointing out the beauty around you, who always has a good sense of humor, has a joke when things go wrong, that really improves the journey, doesn't it? And it's the same with life. Who we surround ourselves with tends to shape our perspective of what we're going through. So look back at the big moments in your life. The good ones and the bad ones. What if you were able to see them as something God led you through? Maybe even something God led you to. Perhaps you could have started thanking him for his wisdom and taking you there, for his care while you were going through it, for his protection in the middle of it. Maybe it would have given you confidence in the moment and maybe hope for the future that things will get better because he loves you. He cares for you. And how would your perspective have changed if you asked different questions? You know, instead of asking why, maybe you would have asked what? What should I do right now, God? Or how? How should I respond to this? How should I deal with this? How can I grow from this? And how would your perspective have changed if you had others to help you interpret those events through a faith-filled perspective? See, circumstances can either weaken our faith or become opportunities to grow it. The difference is in our perspective. Circumstances can either weaken our faith or become opportunities to grow it. The difference is in our perspective. And it's a choice, how we choose to see God. And so here's the big question. Is Jesus your shepherd? Is he your shepherd? See, Jesus claimed that title. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for his sheep. I know my sheep, and they know me. It's a relationship. See, God isn't distant. He's right with you. He's pursuing you. So much so that he came and he died for you. He's not against you. He's for you. He's your shepherd. He wants to care for you. And he rose again to give you a new life of love, a new life of hope, a new life of courage and freedom and confidence. As we've been saying in this series, faith is a choice. It's it's a choice to either trust Jesus or not trust Jesus. 
a choice to trust that Jesus is the good shepherd who died for his sheep and lives for them now. And so I encourage you, wherever you are on your spiritual journey, I, I encourage you to explore what that means. Whether you've been following Jesus for a long time or whether this is something you're just checking out. What does it mean if Jesus is your shepherd? What would it mean if Jesus was your shepherd? See, Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. That means real life now and forever. A life that's not burdensome, a life that's not full of fear and anger and anxiety, but a life of freedom, of abundant life is how Jesus put it. Imagine a life where whatever comes, whatever unprecedented thing comes next, whether it's good or bad, we could see those events as opportunities to grow our faith. What if we didn't have a need for, for fear? We started feeling fear, we're like, wait, where's that coming from? That's not what I need. Or anxiety, or this need to fight for a future we can't control anyway. Because we chose to trust our Heavenly Father. Because we chose to trust the Good Shepherd. That we used these hard times and good times to actually grow our faith in our Shepherd. See, a real faith chooses to see the real Shepherd at work in the middle of real life. A real faith chooses to see the real Shepherd at work in the middle of real life. So again, is he your shepherd? If he is, you have all that you need. Thanks, John. That was fun hearing about um, ask questioning God and then mm -hmm. walking with others. I think that's a good challenge uh, for all of us in this Definitely. crazy time. Definitely. Yep. Yep. We have a giveaway yeah, this we week. Uh, Wild Pear is our giveaway, and our winner is drum roll. <laughs> Hobbit, Hobbit girl, girl C. Congratulations. Woo! So excited to be giving you $25 yes. to Wild Pear. Yes, so excited. And this next week's giveaway, um, I'm pretty sure John picked this because he's pretty excited about it. Divine Distillers. Mouthful. Yes. Literally. <laughs> awesome. Yep. Yep. So we're excited to be giving away that. You can enter on social media this week. Keep an eye out for that post. And we'll be giving away $25 to Great. Divine Distillers over on yep. 25th. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Um, don't forget to fill out that welcome card. Like and subscribe. Um, if you've got kids, we've got kids content for you. Check that out. It's different every week. Want to take care of your kiddos, help them develop a relationship and grow in their relationship with Jesus. So be sure to check that out. And if you haven't yet, while the weather's still good, you guys should come check out Joryville Park. Take a hike. Take a hike, people. I've never been here. It's awesome. So, so go take a hike. Yeah, and we'll see you next time. Which way did he go? I don't know, he walked. Is he still walking? Perfect. Look at that, one take. <laughs>